The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Are your stress levels doing okay? Have you calmed down a little bit after yet another venture into the overtime period by these Montreal Canadiens? Good. Welcome to episode 11 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes on the Prize. I am Matt Drake and your Montreal Canadiens have swept the Winnipeg Jets they're going to the conference final, the semifinal, whatever we're calling it this year. They're getting one of the Vegas Golden Knights or the Colorado Avalanche. Who cares? They swept the Jets. They get it done. Uh, 3-2 in overtime in Game 4. This team is doing things that nobody thought was possible. So I don't care who they face in the next round. I, I, I believe in them at this point. If you don't believe in them at this point, I don't know what else they have to do to show it to you. I mean, clearly this team is capable of a lot more than anybody thought they were in the regular season. Uh, You know, they took down a seemingly impossible to beat Toronto team, beat the Jets in four straight games. I mean, this team, this team has something. And in game four, they had to actually go through a little bit of adversity in order to get the win. It started out, you know, with a pretty good Jets push for about three minutes. They had about three really good minutes at the start of the first period, and then the Habs just took over. They're just dominating, scoring chances, shots on goal, uh, you name it, taking over the game. They get a power play. Uh, Eric Gustafson does something that we have sorely missed from defensemen this year. He gets an opportunity to shoot it from the point. He fakes the shot, moves a little bit towards the middle, has a good screen out front, fires a wrister off the post and in, one nothing Habs. Right, Things are going great. A little bit later in the period, Brett Kulak fires a shot from the point. This time, Arturi Lekkanen, he gets a stick on it on the way through. Tips it in. 2 nothing Habs. We're feeling great at this point. We're feeling like the, the sweep's going to happen. Right, They're dominating. They look far better than the Jets in almost every facet of the game. My buddy Jared Book from Eyes on the Prize, was, he put it into our chat. He said after the 2 nothing goal, he said, I don't say this lightly. This thing's over. And a bunch of us were like, come on, Jared, don't say that. Don't do that to us. And sure as God's got sandals, the Jets erased that 2-0 lead in the second period. The second period has been a bit of a problem for these Montreal Canadiens. I've talked about that numerous times, but they've gotten better and better at that particular period with the long change as these playoffs have gone on. That was the case again in Game 4. The Habs dominated that period. And when I say dominated, I I don't say that lightly. The shots through the entire period were 13-4 for the Habs. The shots through two periods, including the first, were 25-11 for the Habs. They were destroying the Jets, again, in every facet of the game. 
But of those four shots that the Jets got in the second period, two of them happened to go in. Both of them off the stick of Logan Stanley, who is easily the most unlikely person on that Jets roster to be putting two goals on you in one period. Our first one, he kind of walked down uh, on the left side and fired a shot up and over Carey Price's shoulder and went bar down. Um, I mean, I think Carey Price probably would like to have that one back because I think he was looking for a, a cross-ice pass and maybe cheated a little bit, but I, I don't want to hold that one against him too much. Less than four minutes later, um, Logan Stanley, again, walks in from the other side. This time he's to the right of Carey Price, fires a slapper, kind of a knuckle puck, again, beats Carey Price up and over the shoulder. Another one where I think Carey Price would probably like to have it back. He certainly looked like he wanted to have it back. But, again, with the way he's playing, it's hard to hold anything against him at this point. Particularly when, at the other end, Connor Hellebuck is basically putting on a Herculean effort to stop anything that the Habs are trying to do. I mean, he played great. He's stopping pucks left, right, and center. I mean, the Habs are firing everything they possibly can, and they just couldn't get anything outside of those two goals that they got, which one of them was a screenshot from the point, and the other one was a great tip by Arturi Lekkanen. I mean, Hellebuck looked unbeatable. He looked great. It felt like the Habs were finally going to get a taste of their own medicine. They were going to get goalied. They were going to get goalied, and the Jets were going to take that series, and they were going to bring it back to Winnipeg, and have another opportunity to extend it. Habs needed to come out strong in the third period. They needed to come out strong, and they did. Another period. Shots were 14-5 to for the Habs in the third period. 14-5. to Jets had a little bit of a push. Carey Price had to make one quality save, I think, against Paul Stastny at the side of the net. But other than that, he wasn't really tested. It was Hellebuck making saves. The Habs just dominated the period, but it felt like they were going to need to do something a little bit more substantial to get something through Hellebuck. Get him moving from side to side. Get him out of position. Do something to make it impossible for him to make a save. They go to overtime, and real early on in the overtime period, enter Cole Caulfield and Tyler Dufour. Nine shots on goal for all the Winnipeg forwards tonight. Suzuki can't get it to the net. Blocked by Pullman as they battle in the corner. Caulfield picks it up in front. Scores! Series winner, Tyler Tapoli. And the Canadians to the Kings of the North. How are you now? How is Cole Caulfield now? How's Tyler Tafoli now? All right? What a goal. Exactly what I said. They needed to get him moving side to side. They needed to make. They needed to get a shot that was impossible for him to stop, because anything easy, anything uh, cosmetic, anything bad angle, he was stopping all of those. Anything he could see, he's stopping. But there's not much at all that he can do about a perfect cross crease pass from Cole Caulfield to Tyler Toffoli just waiting on the other side. I mean, what a goal! The forecheck work by Nick Suzuki to allow that to happen was ridiculous. He was just battling his ass off in the corner to get that puck. And Cole Caulfield came down, kind of chopped at it. It comes loose. Caulfield jumps out to the other side, grabs it, throws a perfect, perfect cross-crease pass to to Foley. Game over. Sweep. Habs are going to the next round. What a game. What a series. What a team. Honestly, nobody believed in this team. 
None of the mainstream media were picking them to win this series. None of the mainstream media were picking them to win the series against the Leafs. Nobody's picking them to do anything in these playoffs, and they don't care. Tyler Toffoli said after the game, he said, it kind of feels like no one believes in us. We only have ourselves, our fans, and our friends and family. Well, Mr. Toffoli, count me in. I'm sold. I've watched this team religiously for pretty much all of my 31 years on this planet. I've been a fan since I was born, and I can't remember the last time that I was this excited about a team getting deep in the playoffs. I, I, I don't remember 1993. I was too young. I was three years old when that happened. Um, I do remember 2010. I don't think the 2010 team was nearly on the same level as this one up front. They really, and I mean really, relied on Yaroslav Halak to drag them to a conference final. And then you had the 2014 team. Of course, that was the year that Kreider took Carey Price out, and we all saw what happened. The Habs fell apart. They couldn't do anything without Price and Net. I don't think that 2014 team was as good as this year's team is up front. And I don't think that they're relying on Carey Price as much as 2014 did either. They're obviously reliant on Carey Price. He's obviously extremely important to any success that they're going to have. But they didn't need him to be at the absolute top of his game in this series. They destroyed the Jets. Game 4 was easily Price's worst game of the series. Two goals that he probably would have liked to have back. And still, they pulled it off. They closed it out. I don't know how far this team can go. I know how far they've gotten. And that's already more than anybody expected them to do. So at this point, I think doubting them is ridiculous. They know what they're going to be up against next round. They know that either of those teams is a very tall task for them. But you know what? They've had what most people consider to be two tall tasks for them already. And they rose to the challenge. So I believe in them. I'm excited. I honestly, I, I can't remember the last time I was this excited. I want to say 2014. And again, I don't think that team was as good as this team up front. They're going to have time to prepare for whoever's coming next. And hopefully... They can pull off another upset. And wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something if we get to see all of the mainstream media people pick the other team again, which they inevitably will. They'll say Avalanche or Golden Knights in six <clears throat> or in seven. Some of them will probably say it's going to be done in four. And then we get to see the Habs go out there and take another run at somebody that nobody thinks they can beat. And if the hockey gods are willing... They'll pull it off. And for the first time since 1993, we might, we just might get to see the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup final. I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. Uh, player of the game, tough call. I'll be honest. Very tough call to decide who gets the player of the game from me in this one. I'm going to give it to Tyler Toffoli. Um, big shout out, Nick Suzuki. He played great. Huge shout out, Arturi Lekkonen played ridiculously well. Uh, Brendan Gallagher, Philippe Dano played well. Of course, Cole Caulfield played extremely well. But it's hard not to give the player of the game to the guy that scores the big overtime goal. I mean, Hellebuck was a puzzle they were trying to solve all night. They were throwing everything at him. The I know I mentioned the shot tally a couple of times, but the final shot tally for the game, including overtime, 42-16 to 16 in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. 42-16. to 16. So, 
for being able to solve Hellebuck for the most important goal of the night, I give my player of the game to Tyler Toffoli. But again, plenty of options. I mean, the Habs dominated. It was a dominant win. Uh, they probably, if they face any other goaltender on that night, they're probably taking that thing home easily in regulation. Um, absolutely dominant. And on that note, I think a huge shout-out is owed to the coach, Dominique Cham. I mean, what a series he managed to coach. What a ridiculous turnaround he managed to get this team to pull off. From the time they went down 3-1 against Toronto, they've looked like a different team. He's made the right lineup cho- uh, changes at the right time. He's line-matching perfectly. And he has taken a supposedly inferior roster deeper in the playoffs than anybody thought they could possibly go. And there's going to be a lot of talk about, oh, well, the North is a weak division, and that's why the Montreal Canadiens got through into the semifinals. Come on. Everyone thought that the Leafs were cup contenders. All of the Toronto sports media thought that the Leafs were cup contenders. The Jets, I don't know if anybody thought that they were necessarily cup contenders, but for sure, most of the media thought that they were superior to the Montreal Canadiens. Not the case. Clearly not the case. A lot of the credit there has to go to Dominique Ducharme because he, again, took a team that nobody thought they were going to get this far. He took them that far. And now we get to find out what he's made of. Because now they're, they're going to get a team that everybody, that one of those two teams, everybody thinks that they're both cup contenders. So we're going to find out. Can they do it one more time? I know I'll be here. I hope the rest of you are here with me. Thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate all of you. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a line, send me a DM. We got plenty of time apparently before the next game it's probably going to be at least a few days Uh, so we get to bask in this a little bit we get to enjoy the fact that the Montreal Canadiens swept the Winnipeg Jets let's be honest sweeps are going to be pretty hard to come by from this point on in the playoffs so we might as well enjoy this one while we can Uh, get a few days off regroup have a few beers come back ready for the next one uh, today's episode, uh, what's this? This is our 11th episode, running uh, a little over 14 minutes. So, grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and as always, à la prochaine.